Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as host Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Gino Bacola here on the Mike Abadir Show. The main man, Mike, sitting next to me like always. And you know what, Mike? This this week, you know, it's just horse racing that's really still happening. And just wrestling, obviously. I'm a WWE fan. There's wrestling and a couple different uh, companies going. But with all of the football news, there was some sense of normalcy. It just kind of felt like, man, the NFL is operating on uh, on all cylinders because there were a bunch of different signings going on. I know that there aren't um, uh, physicals had, so that's kind of kind of had a, a a little bit of trouble in some different cases or some players getting signed. But there were a, there's a, a hell of a lot of movement in the last two weeks. Yeah, there has been, and uh, what kind of concerns me is that you know as uh, as you know more and more of these signings get done. There's going to be this really big void and gap. And just off air, we were talking about how thankful we've been that we've had uh, racing and that it might be the final weekend of that after the Florida Derby. That's speculative. We'll wait and see. But after the last, if it's the last weekend of racing and after these signings are all done with, there's going to be a really boring lull in the sports world, say from beginning April until the draft. I mean, I don't even, you know, but somehow, some way, sports kind of find a way to, to remain relevant somehow. I just don't know what it's going to be. You know, you don't even have the rumors of like draft picks going to visits, you know, at each of the ball clubs and information about their pro days. And I mean, none of that, it's all come to a halt. So like you said, thankfully we've had these signings because it's kind of helped this, uh, you know, ease the boredom for, for a lot of people. Um, so you know, for myself, I was involved in one of those deals and one of those signings, so that occupied a lot of my time, and I'm thankful for that. But, you know, one of the big ones we're going to discuss with our very first guest who is on the line and ready to rock and roll. We're talking about the Tom Brady move, of course. After 20 seasons in New England, he's changing his stripes. He's going to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, and so we're fortunate to have with us a previous guest of ours, several times actually, Greg Amon, who covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and all things Tampa, Florida, for The Athletic. Greg, good evening. How are you, my friend? Hey, Greg. with Mike and Gino. Oh. You not know, cool. no, he's not quite. <laughs> we, you know, pump, fake. Uh, pump fake in a butte, huh? Yeah, yeah. You know no, what, Mike? I kind of, I kind of had my signals crossed and uh, was looking from the corner of my eye, and I didn't see the safety we're still, there. We're still waiting. He'll I didn't see the, yeah, I didn't see the safety there creeping up to the line of scrimmage, so I just got sacked. Okay, so <laughs> let's let's wait for a second till, till Greg joins us to talk about Tampa. But, but what has been, I guess, as crazy as Tampa is, the rest of that division, that division, the NFC South, is a division that's going to look. Way, way different coming up this year, Mike, because, you know, the, the Saints made a move that is, I think, one that hasn't been quite as hyped, but it could be a really big one. Signing Emmanuel Sanders there, giving them like a legitimate threat on the opposite side of Thomas, that could be really big for them. And, and then what about 
the Carolina Panthers. We talk about Tom Brady not, you know, taking the snaps. Like Cam Newton won't be taking the snaps for the Panthers for a while. He's had a year or some some injuries here and there, but he won't be behind center there as Teddy Bridgewater will be. And uh, and then even for the Atlanta Falcons, they picked up and recently signed Todd Gurley, who was released by the Rams. So this division is going to look quite a bit different when you include the new quarterback for Tampa. Yeah, and, you know, the ripple effect as well, you know, which is, you know, Cam Newton, uh, and a league MVP previously, as well as Jameis Winston, where are they going to land? So there's a ripple effect from these signings, from these releases, and it'll be really interesting to see where they land. And I'd like to actually get some insight from our uh, first guest here about Jameis Winston, as well as talk about Tom Brady. Let's try this again, because, Greg, we brought you on prematurely. And uh, I think we're ready now to have you. Greg Amon, how are you? Hey, Greg. on with Mike and Gino. Hey. Hey, doing fine, guys. Hope you are as well. Hope everybody's staying safe. Yeah, you too, man. What's, uh, what's the climate like in uh, Tampa? Is there, uh, is, is there a lot of, uh, and I know most of it's up in New York, but um, are, are, how are the numbers in, in Tampa right now? Oh, real good that way. No, no big clusters here. A uh, couple all over Tampa, different counties, but nothing uh, nearly to the level of anything in New York or, or Seattle or any other big clusters. Yeah, I heard that there's a lot of uh, people from New York that are trying to head down to, to, to Florida, and they're kind of being told, hey, ground it. We, you know, uh, we, we don't want you to spread it all over the place, right? Yeah, it's crazy about the number. I think I just saw 14,000 new cases today, which is uh, which is alarming. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we're doing the right thing, trying to lay low, and hope everybody do an even better job of, of just staying away and uh, staying home and, and limiting things so far. Amen. God willing. Well, nobody that's listening to us wants to hear about that right now because they're more interested in NFL and sports and we're craving opening day today. And so let's get right to it. Uh, the, the big signing, obviously, that we want to talk to you about is the Tom Brady move. Before we get to the signing, though, I want to ask you, having covered this team on an intimate level what do you think was the final straw that did it in for Jameis Winston? I mean, this is a guy who's highly touted, two-sports star, supposed to be the real deal quarterback. He comes in. He's put up numbers. He's had some, you know, different offensive philosophies. Is, is that, is that kind of what did him in ultimately is that, okay, you, you didn't thrive necessarily or take that next step with Coach Cutter uh, and same thing with Coach Ariat. I mean, like, at what point, how many guys do we have to bring around you for you to succeed? Is there some of that element going on with this decision? Yeah, I mean, his first four years were all dirt cutters. I mean, the whole reason Cutter became the head coach and got promoted from offensive coordinator is for continuity with Jameis. So, I mean, he had he had four years in the same system uh, before Ariant, And then I think, obviously, a lot of people had thought he'd take a step forward with Ariant in terms of uh, trying to – just, just lessen the overall mistakes and turnovers and interceptions, and obviously did. So, I mean, to go uh, and throw 30 interceptions, to lose five fumbles, um, you know, I think Arians had, had really backed him for much of this year. To listen to him when we've talked to him, I think the, the regression at the end of the season probably hurt. Um, and this happened when, you know, he didn't have Mike Evans, didn't have Chris Godwin healthy at receiver. But last two games, the I mean, Bucks were 7-7. Seven and seven, We're really hopeful to end the year with some momentum and at least have a winning record. Um, and he had six picks in the last two games, had two interceptions, including a pick six in the first three minutes against Houston, uh, and then had a pretty clean game against Atlanta, but then threw a pick six on the first first play of overtime to to lose the, the home finale there. So I think um, 
if there had been hope and if there had been optimism, they might be able to coach some of the turnovers out of him. I think they lost some of that with him kind of getting worse down the stretch. I think that's a time of year when Bruce Arians expects his quarterbacks to be picking things up and, and making progress in the key areas, and, it, and instead he kind of took a step back. Do you personally think that one year in a system is enough time to be able to judge how somebody's going to... Well, know? I mean, if, if it hadn't been a problem before, uh, maybe you'd say that, but I mean, interceptions have been his main limiting factor since before he got drafted. Um, it's been a problem. It, it's held the team back. You know, he's been able to make plays ever since he's been in the league, but he just hasn't been able to limit his turnovers. So if this were a new problem in a first year in an offense or something, maybe you'd say that, but it, it's kind of been a weakness for him as long as he's been here. So now uh, we, we find out a few days ago that Tom Brady is going to make the move and he's going to go down to Tampa. When, like how, at what point or like when, how long ago did you feel like, you know what, this actually could happen. Like Brady could come here because it seems like it was, you know, as much as we've, we've kind of seen it coming for a while, it, it's kind of pretty quick to, well, it's like, oh, well, it's not that team. It's not that team. Now it's down to just Tampa and maybe one other. So, like, when, when did you start to feel or, like, was there a moment or something that happened where you were like, wow, this is, I think he might actually be coming here? Yeah, it's funny. It's very much been a, a, a progressive thing. I think all of January, even most of February, I was kind of dismissive of it. And if somebody brought it up, I would kind of say, you know, why, why is he leaving New England in the first place? And if he yeah. did, why would he choose Tampa? Um, you know, to go to the Combine in Indianapolis, that's where it kind of got a lot of talk there. Um, you know, for a while there, the dynamic was just whether or not they would franchise Jameis Winston and whether they'd pay him $27 million to avoid him going to free agency. And, and like in Indy, the, the big revelation in Indy was that they were willing to let Winston go to free agency just to give themselves the chance to talk to some of these free agent quarterbacks. And when we asked Bruce, like, it was an example of somebody uh, you'd pick up the phone for. To, to reach out to and free agency. He said Tom Brady. I mean, right out of his mouth, first thing he said was Tom Brady. So you kind of knew that was obviously top of the list and top of mind for them. But even then, I think I, I disregarded it to some extent because you still figure he's going to go back to New England. Like for yeah. all this awkwardness between the two sides all spring, you figure it's still likely that 20 years together, nine Super Bowl, six championships, they're going to work something out. So for me, it really wasn't real um, until like a week ago Tuesday when, when Brady put out the tweet you know, thanking Patriot fans, saying goodbye to Patriot fans. And then it was very real. At that point, you're, you're just, you know, you're really just trying to beat out the Chargers and whoever else was kind of in play. Uh, and the Bucks did a good job of, of closing the deal, and here we are, and he says, tip of a Buccaneer. Typically, a move like this is only made when you, you maybe are a piece or two away from being a legitimate Super Bowl candidate. Clearly, they have, uh, you know, the superstar offensive weapons. You know, Godwin obviously took that next step this uh, past season to establish himself as one of the premier wide receivers in the league. So they have a chance to be an explosive offense, although I'm not so sure about the running game. But with how woeful their defense was last year, you know, I know some guys emerged, but I mean they're probably more than just a piece or two away from being a Super Bowl contender. Why would they make this move now at Tom Brady's age? Yeah, I mean, I think they feel like they're close. And I think uh, for Tom Brady to come here, I have to think that he thinks they're close. Um, I don't think you leave New England and the legacy you had there after 20 years um, 
unless you think this next chapter can be more of the same, unless you think you can really win and, and not just get in the playoffs. Don't get me wrong, for Tampa Bay to get in the playoffs is a huge step. They haven't been in the playoffs since 2007. Uh, but I don't think he does this unless he really thinks he can win. Um, and I think the defense got a lot better in the second half of last year. They were able to bring back everybody from their starting front seven. Um, I think they feel like their secondary was very young and, and took a lot of lumps early in the year, but ended up playing pretty well at the end of the year. So, like I said, I, I have to trust that Tom Brady didn't come out of, you know, not come out of retirement, but come out of two decades in New England to, to go 7-9 and nine in Tampa Bay. Um, and for the Buccaneers, I mean, this is a, a big gamble for them. You, you take on a quarterback uh, at the cost they are at age 43, as will be in September. Um, it's a big deal, but I think they feel good about him having enough left to, to make this an exciting two years. It, it's It's kind of funny when you... When you hear about someone that maybe is in a relationship and they break up, a lot of times when you break up, you go immediately to someone that's kind of the polar opposite of who you've been with for a while. And when you look at Arians and you can kind of compare him to Bill Belichick, some of the Ah. things that that Arians have said, it's almost like the polar opposite, right? It's like you break up and then you go for someone who's kind of the opposite. And it's not that he's not very good and smart and and very hardworking, but it just seems like I think one of his quotes was, you know, talking about hearing guys sleep in their office and doing those things and I wonder what the hell they're doing because the game ain't that hard he's a he knows what he wants he knows what he can do I think he'll, he'll be honest with Tom but he just seems like it's just a it's definitely going to be a lot different than things were for him in New England yeah I know you, you won't confuse the two coaches at all they're, they're, they're <laughs> different opposite ends of the spectrum uh, beyond age I think they're both 67 um Beyond that, there's not really much they have in common I mean uh, Belichick obviously is very tight-lipped doesn't like saying a lot to the media uh, defensive-minded coach, and Bruce is, again, the opposite. I mean, Bruce is an offensive guy, a quarterback's coach, uh, who speaks his mind, is is very blunt and honest and candid. Um, so I think they'll probably take a little getting used to him. Mean, I'm not. I'm curious to see how it changes Tom, and that I think Brady has come to be a little bit of a reflection of his head coach in terms of being careful in what he says, um, measured in his answers, um, I don't think we're going to have him dropping F-bombs on the podium or anything, but uh, it'll be fun to see how he adjusts to kind of the, the loose way that, that Arians is in, in dealing with the media and in, in being very honest in his answers. And isn't it amazing, you know, I'm um, just kind of reading some of the the things about why Tom's leaving and, and stuff, and, it, and it's funny because you, you think with a guy like Tom Brady who's been to all the Super Bowls, won all the Super Bowls, made all the money, been such a big star, like one of the most recognizable people like on the planet, you know, and and it just came down to he just didn't really feel appreciated. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it, <laughs> yeah, I guess it's always going to be a, a, a thing that's going to motivate people um, yeah. in, in any relationship. It's wild. I mean, again, I don't think people are worried about money. I don't think it's about money at all. No, um, no. Tom Brady's got $250 million. His wife has twice that much. I don't think this was anything about money at all. But I think it's yeah, it's not about money so much as, like you said, it's it's, it's feeling appreciated and wanted. And if he didn't feel that way, I mean, he, he had done things to set this up. So this isn't something yep. that just happened in the last two months. Um, I think this has been something he's wanted to have at least as an avenue, as an exit, as an option for himself for some time. Um, and whether things kind of broke off at the end and made it, you know, made him decide to take a leap that he wasn't sure if he would take or not, we probably won't ever know that. But like I said, this is something I think he's, he's put in place at least as an option for some time. And, and now he's got a fresh start and we'll see, uh, whether it's successful and something he's happy about that there's no shortage of 
great quarterbacks and great players that finished their careers in a different city and it didn't always go well. Um, and, and certainly, yeah. you know, Tom Brady hopes to buck that trend and, and have a winner here in Tampa Bay. You know, and I want to piggyback off of that because, you know, a part of me is like, okay, this could be really exciting for Tampa and the Tampa fans in that he could, you know, elevate this team and take them to the Super Bowl. You know, like you said, they haven't been a playoff team in 12, 13 seasons. But a part of me is always also like, you know, this is a little bit chicken bleep. And the reason I say that is because, you know, one of the things that I admired about Peyton Manning when he went to Denver was he knew he was going to be stepping into the role of having to be the final successor to uh, Elway. Or if somebody were to go to Miami the same way with Marino, if somebody were to go to the Colts, you know, I thought maybe he would go to Indy. But then I realized, you know what, it's too soon after Peyton and and Luck. And if he doesn't succeed there, it's going to look like a failure. He's got nothing to lose in Tampa. Yeah, Am I wrong? he throws less than 30 interceptions. No, I mean, like I said, if he throws <laughs> less than 30 interceptions, that's going to be a step in the right direction. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Jameis came here with a lot of expectations. And I think there's certainly a... a faction of Buccaneers fans that liked him and like him and will miss him and will have the same um, high expectations for Brady. I mean, if, if you don't win with him, there's going to be fans that are annoyed if you went out and signed a 42-year-old. Uh, but again, I mean, he's, they got him relatively cheap. If they, if they went out and spent $45 million a year to get Tom Brady and it looked like something where you just wrote a huge check, I would get that. But I mean, he's only making $25 million a year. And I mean, that's we spent two months here trying to figure out whether Winston was worth a franchise tag at 27. He's definitely $2 million cheaper than Jameis Winston for most people. You know, I don't think you have to sell too many people on that. Uh, Good point there. Hey, before we let you go, Greg, you know, today was supposed to be opening day in Tampa probably has the uh, best team that doesn't have any kind of uh, national recognition. You know, what, what type of season were you guys expecting for the Rays this year? And uh, is there, is there an overwhelming disappointment that they're not playing today? Like there is here with the uh, Dodgers not filling Dodger stadium as an example. Oh yeah. I mean, any market in baseball right now, I mean, I think they would open with the pirates. I think this weekend it'd be here. Um, It's sad. I mean, I had somebody, you always have these uh, timestamp photos on your Facebook timeline that are from five years ago or 10 years ago or three years ago. And somebody had a shot of just somebody again, swinging in a batting cage. And you saw it for a second. You're like, oh wow! Now it's from three years ago. And it's just hard <laughs> yeah, to have to have you know this weekend an opening day weekend and not have baseball. Um, there's a void. I mean, I, I it's not just fantasy baseball. It, it's just the the normalcy of waking up and wondering who had a big night the last night, and who had two home runs in a night, and who struck out 14, and all those kind of things. So yeah, here in Tampa Bay, I mean, over say I, I cover a fair amount of Rays games on the side, and and uh, certainly high expectations here. Some great pitching. Uh, last year they had a team that certainly overachieved and get uh, quite as far as they wanted. But, I mean, they, they do a lot with a little here in Tampa Bay. Um, their future's a little muddled right now in terms of where they're going to end up playing. But, but every year it's opening day. So if you're a baseball fan, you want your local team to be playing. So it's a strange thing, and, and hopefully uh, before too long here they're back playing again. Well, hopefully when they do, that, uh, you know, they su- locals support their team because they're definitely worth watching. Very solid ball club, man. Greg, appreciate you coming on with us, Thanks, taking Greg. the time out to uh, talk to us. And hopefully next time we speak, we're going to be talking about box scores. Absolutely. Guys, take care, everybody. Stay safe. You too, Greg. Thank you.
That's Greg Amon from The Athletic, covers all, ta- all things Tampa sports. Gino, let's take our first commercial timeout, and when we come back, we will talk a little bit of Florida Derby in the all-Florida ed- edition of the Mike Abadir Show. Stay with us. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific. For Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to Mike at the Mike Show.com. Now, back to this week's program. Big thanks to Greg for talking Tampa with us. And uh, what a great time to be a, a Tampa fan, though. Because before we welcome in our next guest, too, just to, I mean, they they did secure a deal um, to bring back Shaq Barrett on the edge. Fran- mm-hmm. Franchise tagged him. Yep. They, they got a little offensive line help with Joe Haig. Um, they added a little bit to the defense, too. Kevin Minter, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, and then uh, they re-signed Namakon Sue. So they at least brought some of their pieces back now. And... Uh, in a while, the division is going to be really, really weird. It's just going to be like a really strange division uh, to see all that movement. So I'm, I'm really excited. We, we don't know when we're going to see some football, but with all the different movement and stuff, I'm, I'm very, very pumped for the NFL season because uh, it's just been really like very buzzworthy the last two weeks. Yeah, you know the one thing I do worry about though, Gino, is you know without a without an established running game, I think what you know once age has to catch up with the guy. I don't care how many. You know, broccoli candy canes the guy eats. At some point in time, he just got to catch up. And when you don't have that established running game to be able to go to keep teams off balance, they're just going to blitz the heck out of you if you're a step slow. And Brady was never fast or quick. We'll, even we'll see if they can do with, if they can make someone like, 
Um, Ronald Jones, who, you know, Peyton Barber left. So now it's going to be Ronald Jones. Can they get maybe someone else to compliment him or or make him one of those really good out of the backfield catching short passes? Because that's one thing that Brady's been always been able to do. Even the years when New England didn't really have a running game, he was kind of able to use that short passing game to do like the, the Kev, things. Like the Kevin Falk type guy. Yep, just about. like you mentioned, like just to, the short passing game out of the backfield as like a substitution for the running game just to keep everybody off balance. And as long as you're able to kind of keep them off balance, um, because I don't think they're going to be able to pack a box with the wide receivers that they have there. So it won't be the hardest thing in the world to establish some some okay semblance of a running game because you can't go out there with Evans or Godwin one-on-one. You know, you have to be able to 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 give them some actual coverage and some some attention. So you're right. They have to prove it. I'm, I don't think they can. I'm not like completely high on this, but I think it's going to make them a little bit better team. And they didn't have to be too much better to be uh, vying for a playoff spot, especially this year with the, with the expanded playoff um, uh, and the extra playoff teams making it in. No, you make a good point. And, you know, they've got a couple of good young tight ends and, uh, you know, th- they've got enough offensive weapons that mm-hmm. uh, I'm, you know, I'm, they can outscore I'm, you. They can definitely outscore you. You know, I just don't know if at this stage of his career he wants to be a runner and gunner and nope. uh, have to outscore everybody by, uh, you know, it's have true. to put up 40 points just to win the game. But uh, exciting times, man. It just uh, it makes it's going to make all of us appreciate sports that much more. And one of the things that I'm really appreciative for is that we've got horse racing still, although the yeah, rumors are swirling that this might be the last hurrah for God knows how long. The Florida Derby at Gulfstream Park, which brings us to our next guest. He is probably one of the more entertaining Twitter follows <laughs> I know. Uh, he is the uh, master of the uh, what are they called? I, I don't even GIF uh, emoji. Uh, what what are they? Call, I don't, see, uh, that's how um, not uncool I am. What, what is it, Barry? Memes. That your memes? There you go, master of the memes. Yeah. Award-winning master of the of the memes, I must add. Uh, we're talking, of course, about Barry the Sniper. Also goes by Urban Handicapper. Barry Spears, how are you, my friend? Hey, Barry. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Doing well. Good, how man. You, how, how about you yourself? Up with all this, uh, hanging in there with all this coronavirus stuff. It's a, it's a little nerve-wracking and a little, you know, crazy. Getting stir-crazy in the house and stuff. But other than that, kind of hanging out, watching the races. So where are where are you located, Barry? I'm located outside of Daytona Beach. Okay. So you're yeah. So you're not so. Too, yeah. You're not too far from where uh, Gulfstream Park will have their big weekend. I think they're like begging and just trying and pleading to get through their big day. I think a lot of these racetracks kind of had that as the goal <laughs> when all this went down. You know, we we saw Fairgrounds do it. We saw Sam Houston try to do it. They couldn't get through because they had lighting issues. And I think Gulfstream is just they had that Saturday circled on the calendar. Just like, can we just try to get to Saturday? Yeah, I, I compare it to a. You know, like a, a horse, uh, just an all-out, flat-out speed horse in the stretch, just tired. Wire, 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 <laughs> wire. Yeah, everybody's screaming wire. <laughs> it's, it's coming, it's coming. Yeah. So what, what does your gut tell you? Do you think this is the, the final weekend for some time? Because I know that there's a little bit yeah. of a political battle going on, too, in Hallandale. Yeah, it may not be worth it for them to, to race after this weekend. I know this weekend is really big for them in general. And then after this weekend, it, usually this time of year kind of gets a little subdued anyway and takes a backseat to the other tracks. But, you know, with everything going on, and, or I should say not going on, 
they could be the only game in town. So it's just it's just hard to to figure out what they're going to try to do. And like you said, they're getting pressure from you know the political side of things. So I, I don't know, maybe a hiatus for a little while. I, I really don't know. I, I mean, it just feels like they you know after this weekend that they'll they may shut it down for a little bit. You know, and Gino and I were talking uh, before the show started. You know, the thing that that kind of puzzles me is that like. I don't really see what the big deal is. You know, people have to go to take care of the horses anyways. So there's going to be human beings there. There's There are human beings that are there full time in the backstretch. So all you're going to do is now just, uh, you know, run, run, run around a circle a few times, you know, or an oval a few times, right? I mean, I, I don't really see what the issue is because it's not like th- that these are the type of people with their lifestyle that are going to be spreading the disease around. That's kind of my whole thing is let it be, you know, but that's coming also yeah, from a, a mean, big a fan of the sport too, you know? Case. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a good case, you know, or you can see the other side of it saying, you know, you want to try to limit the spreading as, as to as little as possible where that is in comparison to running. I don't know. You know I mean? I don't think anybody really, really knows for sure. I know. Yeah, but this isn't that, a hot uh, pocket for the, uh, the, you know, the numbers aren't that strong in Florida. Well, it just depends. No, it's, it's hard because I think with like with, with Barry saying, just there's just so many moving pieces in racing. People that have been coming in and out and all over the place, and it's been on a big weekend like this with people coming in. Um, and, and it's you just we just don't know enough about it. Like who you know, nobody knew when Sean Payton was at Oakland that he had he had it, and then who may who they may have passed it around to. Which I'm kind of surprised that Oakland's still running after after that happened. Like I'm I'm pretty shocked that they and continued. that they're letting Talamo ride. Yeah, they've they've continued on with that. Um, so far it's been uh, it it seemed to be okay, but we we you know we've had it on. The backside uh, on New York so far. Um, I know a couple harness racetracks they've had it too. So it's just like I get it from both sides. I understand that that people need to be there to take care of horses. But um, it it the one thing that just seemed pretty funny to me, Barry, was that like their ba- Gulfstream was like, you know what, you know what, government, screw you. We're gonna, we're just gonna run like that. That was the, that was what yeah, scared man. me the mo- more than that. Not uh, this kind of surprised me. It was like, you know what, we don't care. We're we're gonna just do it for a few more days. Yeah, they they went the cheesecake factory route and just yep, said, you yep. know what, we're just gonna do what we're gonna do. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's 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 just so hard to tell, you know, how it's, this is you know, no we've never been in this situation at all, ever. So it's like, you know, is it the right thing to keep racing? Is it not the right thing to keep racing? I don't know. I mean it's just it's just so hard to tell. I mean, God forbid, you know, nobody really gets hurt or, you know, sick to the point where they can't come back or you know, that's that's the last thing I'm sure anybody wants, but it's just like, well, if it's safe to keep going, why not? There's no fans. I understand that that takes a lot out of it. Um, as far as um, you know, running, you know, I, I don't. I'm, I'm kind of with Mike. It's not necessarily a bad thing to keep running, you know. But when it gets too dangerous, they got to know when to pull the plug too. So it's it's such a tough situation, a tough call from from all angles. Fair point. Well. uh, I guess for now, we'll just be happy that they're giving us 14 wagering opportunities uh, culminating with race 14, which is the Florida Derby. Now, I know you've already handicapped the entire card, uh, but let's start with race 14. And um, let's first start with with some of the morning lines. I know you had pointed out a couple of things on social media. What are your thoughts in terms of the, uh, the morning lines 
Um, where do where do you see some value before we even kind of roll up our sleeves and get into the, getting into this race in particular? Um, by Governor High on the line one. Um, comparatively with with Tis the Law, I mean, you know, using him as the benchmark on, on how this race is going to be, you know, kind of go through. Him. Uh, he's not off. Hey, Barry, I think we're kind of Probably. losing you a little bit in terms of uh, reception. Uh, All right, I'll move a little bit. I'll uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, as far as uh, Tis the Law, you know, it seems like the race is going to go through him. Um, beyond that, um, if you look at Governor Morris's races, he, he seems like he's on the upswing. He, he really hasn't run a bad race. It's three times out um, at three different racetracks. This is going to be his fourth Uh and he's not too far off. I mean, a little bit of improvement is is going to be most likely, especially with a horse coming out of the Todd Pletcher barn, second time out off the layoff. He's probably his race to think. Eight is a little bit. If you get on him, he might be might be the play, you know. But I, I think he's gonna he's gonna take some action. Gonna be closer to, to you know six to one. Maybe even nine to two. Yeah, so it ends up happening sometimes, right? Like if he was just five to one, nobody would really think twice about it. But because he looks a little bit higher, there comes that overreaction, and then a lot of times, like first click, he'll be like five to two, you know, and because everybody thinks they're getting they're getting the price. So um, maybe he can he can kind of float a- around a little bit at, at some point. And then, you know, what do, what do you do with the horse like Independence Hall? who was very, very highly regarded. He was a huge buzz horse. I mean, he took a ton of money. You can see he was the heavy favorite in the Sam F. Davis. And he was getting what you know what looked like a, a perfect trip. And it looked like a trip that he should be able to win easily. But they were going re- pretty quick. He moved into a quick pace. And you know what? The numbers come back and his figures have come back pretty good from that race. He's kind of a polarizing horse, though. Where do you stand on him? I like him. He's actually my pick. Um I, I, I really liked his Sam F. Davis. I, I thought Solavante got actually a, a better perfect trip, if that's possible. Yeah, yeah, because they were going too uh, quick. He moved into it. it. Yeah, right. So and and he ran on. Um, he was he was uh, uh, way clear of the third horse, Ajoui, who's in this race. Um, so I thought that was a really 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 good race by him. I expect him to improve off of that. At least pair up. You know, and run and run an equally as good a race, and and if if that's the case, he's going to be right there with Tisla. I, I mean, obviously Tisla is a deserved favorite. His his numbers and everything, you know, all together, he's really you know his, his excuse race as flop in the slot wasn't really that bad. Um, he kind of himself between and 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 couldn't get out, but. uh you know, but I, I really liked Independence Hall's last race. Um, I, I think he's he's ready to, to go now. He might not be a Derby horse come September, uh, which sounds so weird to say. Yeah, right. But um, I think I think this weekend he might give it a good shot. Now, guys, when I'm looking at. Uh you know, like most people, right? You start with, uh, you know, the the PPs and go right to the favorite and see kind of what the baseline is. And when I look at Tis the Law, you know, I'm looking at a horse. I don't know if he's 100% or not. I know he had a foot issue um, some time ago. I, I see that Barkley tag 
is a, a 6% winner in graded stakes. I try to make a case against, uh, I, I, I look to see if maybe this horse has, uh, you know, where he's at in his form cycle. Six to five does seem a little bit high to me, especially because this is the time of year where you see a lot of horses taking, especially the youngsters, taking another step forward. Who Who's a long shot in your mind, or, or you too, Gino, that you guys think, you know what, this horse really could take a nice, nice step forward. I was looking at this jockey, and I have not seen the revised jockeys and who's going to take over for Tyler Gaffleone on this jockey, the number three horse, or who's going to take over for uh, Javi. Uh, but just just in general, who, who's a long shot that you guys kind of think could really take another step forward? Go ahead. You can go first, Mary. Um, I zeroed in on Candy Tycoon. I actually, I actually played Candy Candy Tycoon. That's the same one um, for me too. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I did also yeah, last time. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a lot to ask to come out of a maiden race and run in a Grade Two. I mean, even though he had a, a few starts before that, um, the pace situation was was re- he was really against it. Um, you know, I didn't think he was going to try to run for the lead, and he didn't. Um, but he ended up getting caught too far back, but, you know, held his own and, and, and ran. It was a really good educational race, I think. Yeah. Um, so I, I improve, uh, you know, again, another one I don't think is going to be near his, uh, it's just 20 to one. He may, he may get bet down, um, just off the connections alone. Um, you know, I, I thought he ran really well and he has everybody to improve, um, more than, than a few others that I've seen in here, like a, a horse like I've seen on TV. I know he's been getting a lot of buzz, but I, I just can't see that horse uh, being effective going farther. So I, I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm kind of resigned to him not not kind of being around at the end. So I think a horse like King Tycoon showed he could finish without being on the lead, which which is, gives me some hope that he may, he might improve here at a, at a decent price. Yeah, and I, and I think the fact that he's uh, I like him in this spot a little bit too, and I, I agree with you. Like he feels more like he should be like an eight ten to one shot, you know. Um, I, I think I'm 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 hoping that's kind of where he 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 ends up, and he he doesn't need to be on the lead and he doesn't need to come from as far back as he did. And with more of an outside draw, maybe he's, he's able to just kind of work out a little more of a mid pack, maybe just sitting just off type trip. And I think that could be a good, a a good trip in here. And, and he's got some ability. So yeah, he's going to need to continue to step forward. But for me, it's like, I start kind of going through the rest of the field and I started to kind of do what you did. Like, I don't know if as seen on TV is going to get the kind of trip he would need to win going this long. Uh, Shivery is kind of like a, a major question mark stretching out now. Um, Disc jockey, I guess you can kind of build the case for because he's got a little bit of upside here. But I think Soros, you know, probably needs a race. You know, Governor Morris, you may you mentioned the logical one. So you start going through and kind of eliminating horses. And to me, I guess the the other one outside of the logical horses really feels like Candy Tycoon. Good to know we're on the same page. Hey, Barry, do you have a but few yeah, moments to uh, stick with us until after the uh, next commercial timeout here? Absolutely. Okay, yeah, let's take a commercial break right now, and we'll come back. We'll continue talking Florida Derby card and see some of the other races that the guys are keying in on. Stay with us. We will be right back.
Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back, everyone. We are talking to Barry Spears, better known as the Sniper Urban Handicapper with Bet America, Derby Wars, Meme Curator, does it all. Barry, <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's keep talking about this uh, Florida Derby card outside of the Derby itself. What are some of the other races that uh, caught your eye? Uh, the Pan American uh, race twelve. It would be on that card on Saturday. Um, you know, I, I have a real let's say bond with uh, Zulu Alpha, but I am not going to play that horse on Saturday. Um, I just think he may be way too far up against it pace-wise. I do like Channel Cat. Um, I think Channel Cat's actually the second choice. Um, But, you know, just looking at this this whole race, top to bottom, there's really no speed at all to speak of. No, yeah. Um, And... Channel Cat being on the rail, Rosario, if he's smart, he'll go to the lead and hold on to it. And he's probably one of the few horses in this race that could actually run with this group. Um, you know, there's really not much in here. And I think that, you know, if he gets to a lead and they go slow enough, I don't, I don't even think Zulu Alpha can catch him. Um, if he does, he he deserves every every alkylade you can give him, um, but I, that that's one that I, I really saw as a, as a possibility for an upset. Um, and the other horse that that I kind of gave a looked a spooky oh, upset. I'm on uh, Pegasus Day in the McKnight six to one. Um, that horse may hang around if the if the pace is as slow as I think it's going to be. Yeah, I'm on that yeah. channel cat as well, you know, and uh, I was reading Pletcher is uh Pletcher's got 19 runners on Saturday. <laughs> I, I mean, he, yeah, I think he's sitting on a big day. What do you guys think? Yeah, well, I think everybody is uncertainty, right? Like you said nobody knows what's happening 
next week, a month from now, two months from now. So you might as well just run them right now. Get them in. You just don't know what's going to happen again. So, uh, yeah, we have huge fields, some some star power here. We probably won't see a a wagering card like this for at least a little while with with some of the track cancellations and other things. So was there anyone else uh, on the card or any other races that, uh, that caught your fancy? Yeah, there's uh, the race, um, I think it's the ninth, the Sand Springs, um, with a newspaper of record coming back yep. off a extended break, <laughs> almost a year. Um, that race seemed a little bit, it might be a little bit of chaos, because I'm not too fond of newspaper record. Um, you know, she kind of uh, came off into her three-year-old year and just wasn't the same horse. And you could back it, it, it in the edge where she just had no acceleration one again at month going longer, and then you know didn't show up and she she's gonna get bet again. I mean she's been the favorite every time she's been on the racetrack. I just can't um, you know if she beats me she'll probably be you know the five eight. So it, it, to me it's a it's a prime. Sp- to try to look there, um, the horse that really caught my eye was a, was another one that I was riding is the coming in from the fairgrounds, uh, Zofelli. Um, even though that horse is a, a deep, deep closer, I think that it, the race kind of sets up that way. Um, newspaper record, I, I don't see her doing anything but going to the lead. Uh, you have East Moon who has a lot of speed. Uh, Jakarta, um, Mike Maker, this horse has a lot of speed. Um, Valedictorian also from the way outside has a lot of speed. Super escapes, not slow. It yeah. just looks like something, yeah. It looks like yeah. something that may fall apart. Um, you know, and again, uh, Rosario could get a nice little trip here. And, uh, you know, hopefully he won't get trapped in down on the rail where he can swing out somewhere at the top of the stretch and then, and then run him down, um, ideally. But, you know, I, I trust him enough uh, to, to where he can find a lane and, and get a horse going. You know, you know, everybody's not perfect. You know, I can catch a lot of flack online about his rides from time to time, but he, he's damn good, and, and uh, I wouldn't want anybody else on my horse that's with you. I'm right with you on that one. That's actually my choice as well. And I'm also a little bit interested in uh, Brendan Walsh's other runner too, p- depending on who is going to be the jockey replacement, as we talked about before the break. Uh, you know, that could vary pretty drastically in, in thin times like these. But the uh, other runner is the number six. I don't know how to pronounce it. La Signare. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. my best effort, unless you guys know the uh, correct no. pronunciation. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're but right. but both, both Brendan Walsh runners seem to be very consistent. That's the one thing that I like about the, uh, the Zofel, the number two, uh, even speed figs-wise, et cetera, very consistent horse. Um, you know, has won at Keenlands, won at Fairgrounds, uh, Euro shipper. I, I'm always going to be, well, from a year ago, but I mean, I'm always going to be uh, oh. a little bit interested in, in some of these European uh, runners on the turf. And so, uh, you know, I'm I'm with you on Zofel as well. I was going to ask you guys. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. That horse, uh, La Signari, the, the only time uh, she won back or in the States in July 
2018, um, a wire. Her race in one, you know, uh, race. She went to the lead there too. Uh, you know, I, I I looked at this and I was like, well, maybe this horse is in here just to to force the issue up front. Um, you know, kind of like a rabbit sort of situation. Um, that's really what I'm hoping for. You know, that, that's, that's, you know, that's what we're gambling on, um, is that this works out the way that I see it. You know, I'm, I'm hoping Los just runs his paper record just to, just to force her hand and make her do a lot. You know, she hasn't been out in a while. I'm sure she's going to be keen anyway. Um, and have just force it, you know, and just, just try to get them going but who knows? I mean, I've seen some races that look like this on paper where everybody takes back and the favorite wins at three to five. Oh, <laughs> like, those are my like least. It was mapped out that way. Those are my least favorite. I just wanted you to get, you got the speed. I, I, I don't ever mind when the favorites win. I just want them to earn it. That's all. I just want the best courses to earn it and not have it, not have it handed to them uh, a lot of the time. And hopefully uh, if newspaper of record comes back and beats us and, you know, either sits off and sits a good trip and shows that she's versatile or just runs them off their feet. Like we'll be the first to applaud and say, okay, you beat us at a short price. Like we'll like other short prices better than this one and, and, and move on. But uh, yeah, I'm with you. It looks like a, a good race. I mean, I'll even toss in a horse. Like, I don't know if she's good enough to win, but I think the nine is going to take a big step forward in here. And she might have the kind of running style where she's not going to be on the lead, but maybe she can kind of get a, a jump on, um, on, on some of the deeper closers in here and hang around for a slice and spice things up. So it's just a fun betting race there. And it's an, an, an incredible card. It really is from top to bottom. The one thing Barry about like these big days at a, at Gulfstream, you know, we all focus in on a lot of the graded stakes races, but for me, like the bread and butter of Gulfstream is like those first couple races on the card, those allowance, optional claiming, deep, deep fields where you, it's like, man, I look out in Southern California, it's like, they could never fill a race like that with that many quality, deep horses, and, and you see them, like, there are four, five, like, really good, not even graded stakes or stakes races on this card. Yeah, I agree with you, Gino. You know, um, one more thing really quickly, though, about newspaper of record. This horse hasn't won since 2018. Yep, she just didn't take the step forward as a three-year-old. That She had no. physical issues. Like, she, she was very, very highly regarded. She was supposed yeah. to go. The, the plan for her all along was a prep race, and then they were going to probably go to Royal Ascot. And then that obviously changed when she just didn't seem to to progress. We see, with, This happens a lot of times with with the young precocious horses and, and genuine generally it's from two to three is when it happens because some horses are just good early when other horses are figuring it out. Right. We see this with athletes. We see this when you're young, you have someone who, who's just like, a little bit more developed early who kind of understands a little bit more of what to do but then you have you can tell like there's some big talented that are people are going to figure it out and they're going to improve that's kind of what happens from from the that two to three year and that's what would seem to happen with newspaper of record and she's she's a buzz horse she always gets bet so this is a good spot win or lose i, I like what barry did because this is a good spot to take a shot against her even if she wins you're going to get value on on more value than you should on everybody else in here no i totally agree hard for me to to even consider supporting a nine to five when, when I don't care how talented you are, if you haven't won in that long and, and there, it's not like that there's been this like 12 race losing streak or anything. We're talking about three races, but still winning. 
winning is something that's infectious and horses know that they've won a race and when you haven't won in that long you just don't know what the horse has and when that's the case i just can't take nine to five especially because this horse might get bit down too so we'll see how that goes gino what do you think about this uh pick six because yeah, today gonna be, it got to uh out. yeah the carryover today closing here is 1.5 mil so uh what do you think seven eight ten mil and i mean it, it's gonna be maybe even more right because nothing else going on yeah, yeah, this could get to 15. It really could, and it, and I think the uh, the forecast calls for like 82 degrees and sun too. So if it's not wet, right, it looks like. I mean, yeah, this could be, this could be a huge card. I mean, I think I saw something that like on Tuesday, Will Rogers had handled more money than they had in like their previous four or five <laughs> days put together. So like the people are just begging for something to to bet on right now. Even Foner, right? So Barry, are you a pick six player? <laughs> Um, eh, every once in a while I'll dabble. Just depends. I, I like the force out, so you know this is definitely something I'm going to be looking at because I think there's a force out in the pick five too on on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, paying everything out. It, it's everything's mandatory, right? Yeah, so that, yeah. that should, should should be a lot of fun. Any uh, any best well, uh, best bets before we let you go, Barry? Oof, I, I think I'm going to take a shot. Actually, um, with a with a price horse in the Sir Shackleton, the eighth race, I like Garter and Ty. Um, I, I'd like to know who's going to ride the horse, but you know that that's kind of secondary. Um, and and the other horse I, I kind of like was uh, Last Judgment, but I, I know that horse is going to get bet. Um, I'm I'm really against Vacoma here, and I, I think that that's another race that's um, very competitive. Much. Anybody can win it. Um, I like Garter and Ty's last couple of races. He's sitting on that one, and, and hopefully he can come in. If he's anywhere 15 to 1, you know, you know, if he, if he even drifts higher than that, which is possible, um, because I think Vacoma's going to take some money, um, you definitely know I got him. You'll you'll, you'll tweet it out for sure. We'll hear hear you yelling for sure. (laughs) That's good stuff, man. That's the number two Garter and Tide trained by Ralph Nix. Gino and Barry, that is all the time that we've got for today. So, Barry, thank you very, very much for joining us. I hope that, A, you stay safe and that, B, you uh, do really well this Saturday in uh, the Florida Derby card. Thank you, Barry. Appreciate it, man. Thank you guys so much. I had a great time. Thanks. You too, man. We'll have to do it again. So, Gino, you're going to be um, previewing the entire card? Yeah, I'm going to do it tonight. Okay. Yeah, uh, later on, and that's what G said. I'll go through um, almost the whole card, definitely the the pick six and the late races, and uh, I'll give some selections, and we'll go through the whole Florida Derby. So, yeah, we'll be uh, focusing in on uh, Gulfstream Park. If you want a little bit more, you can check out That's What G Said. Yeah, turn it on while you guys are handicapping. Good background less, less so yep. of a less so of a barbershop type conversation like we have a little bit more in depth, uh, you know, a truer uh, handicapping type preview. So that'll be good stuff there. And uh, as always, man, um, it's fun. Blue it goes by, by yeah. fast. And um, you know, if anybody out there has any suggestions uh, for topics that you want us to discuss, feel free to you know get at us. Tweet us, email us. We're easy to get a hold of. Okay, next but, week uh, I want to I want to ask you about a couple okay. of the show, any, any new shows that you're binging. So have a, get get a new show or a movie or something that you've been watching and uh, and try to sell me on it, and I'll do the same with you. Great point. It could be entertainment, guys. So yep. at this point now, we have to be a little bit inventive here uh, as uh, as we kind of get through all this together, guys. So, anyways, stay safe. Thank you for listening, as always, 
and we will see you same time, same place next week. Have a tremendous Florida Derby. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.